We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, we're going to be talking about the Colts versus the Eagles preview before their Sunday matchup. And today we have a very special guest, a guy that I like to call my friend, one of the goats of Philly content. If you've been around the channel for a long time, you definitely know this man. He brings the juice when it comes to Philly content and that is my good friend rb how you doing today my friend derek always a pleasure man appreciate you having me on it's it's come full circle that's for sure the first time we did this you know you know no cameras crappy microphones i mean it's it's been a crazy ride man but now nah, you appreciate all the content you're doing and and i love coming on and chopping it up with you and bringing that juice so definitely excited to uh to chop up this game man I appreciate that. Hey, I must say, I love that background, by the way. That Thanks. is that is really dope. <laughs> I love Where did it. you find that? Did somebody make that for you? Uh, nah, I think Google Images. Google Images. <laughs> Google Images. Okay. That's dope. I love that. The wings right where your head's at, the moon right above it. That's love dope. It. That is awesome. Uh, Yeah, man. But yeah, we got, a, we got a very interesting matchup here, man. I mean, I know you say you normally don't do a lot of Eagles content. You used to do that when you were first starting to build up your channel now you're more of a Sixers content guy but I mean dude tell tell you what man I mean when it comes to Philly sports right now man what a time to be alive you know you guys made it to the World Series unfortunately it didn't go your way but you know you made it to that point it was really close and then you had uh you obviously have the Sixers you know some star talent over there right now and then of course these Eagles you know 8 and 1 now i mean the best one of the best teams in the NFL right now i mean it must feel really good to be a Philly fan right now yeah it's been a crazy turn of events the last couple of years and you know obviously i wish i could do Eagles content full time Phillies all of it man i mean it's just been a whirlwind of events um obviously you know the Phillies going down in the world series was tough but just that journey the Eagles i don't think anybody Truthfully, I mean, I'll, be, I'll you know, I'll keep it honest with you. Nobody expected this team to be eight and zero at one point, the the best record in franchise history up until that point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully the Sixers figure it out. But it's it's been crazy, man. And I was just thinking before we got on here, you know, the last time that we kind of did something together, you know, 
it, it felt like our franchises were actually in the opposite position. Like I mm-hmm. thought, okay, the Colts are that team that's about to go nuts and they're maybe a piece away. And now I almost feel that way with the Eagles and it's, yeah. you know, Frank Reich's not with the Colts. So it's just been a crazy turn of events. Um, but that's just the world of sports sometimes, you know, you never know year to year, week to week, game to game. So it's interesting, man. Yeah. Needless to say, both of these teams have not, uh, met the expectation that was set on them during the season. I think mostly when it comes to the Eagles, I just think nobody knew what the expectation was. You either thought this team was going to be really good with the pieces they've added, or you thought that Jalen Hurts was going to bring this team down to its knees, right? Well, thankfully for you guys, Jalen Hurts has not brought this team down to its knees. In fact, he's actually improved it by a lot. So, I mean, it's been great for an Eagles perception. And then, of course, from the other side of things, this Colts team had a lot of high expectations going into the season. And sure enough, we're, you know, middle of the pack right now, if you can even say that. Um, So, yeah, it is very wild to say the least. I mean, just from your perspective, since you're a Philly fan, uh, what has been your like uh, thinking going on with this Colts team? You know, being in a negative record, you know, firing former OC for the Eagles, Frank Reich, and former head coach of the Colts, and now they're hiring Jeff Saturday. They get their first win with him. What What do you make of the absolute chaos that is this Colts team right now? Yeah, it's really surprising to me. Um, as an outsider, obviously, I don't follow them game to game, but I. I generally know about the Colts, especially listening to your stuff all the time. And I I just, it's weird how sports work sometimes, you know, a year or two ago, if you asked me about the Colts, I'd say, all right, they're the next team. Like they're just a piece or two away. Um, And even coming into this season, you know, looking at what happened last season, I know, you know, probably don't want me to bring up bad memories like Carson Wentz. I've been there as well. (laughs) Um, But I I really thought the Colts were maybe a, a quarterback away from being that team. And then coming into this year, you know, especially, I, the fact that I love Frank Reich and, and what he did for us, seeing how things spoiled over, it just doesn't make sense sometimes. And it almost, in a way, reminds me of how the Doug Peterson tenure ended, where sometimes the voice just gets soiled. You know, sometimes you need a new, refreshing voice, just something to shake it up. Um, but it's been surprising. You know, I, I expected Jonathan Taylor to have a huge year. Um, and I thought the Colts actually added some weapons this past offseason. And I was ready for them to gear up, and I feel that Matt Ryan could be a game manager um, and at least be a stabilized quarterback, but just been up and down, and you know, now the Colts are where they're at. I, I'm sure you didn't expect them to be at this point. Um, let's just say it's been a, a whirlwind uh, of activity for the Colts, a lot of opinions. I'll refrain from giving all mine just yet. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see like where they build from now. You know, like It happened with the Eagles after the Doug Peterson thing. Is it time for the Colts to kind of hit the reset button? Is it time for them to retool? What's their long-term plan? These are all things I'm amazed by just as a sports fan. So definitely interested to see how it goes. Yeah, it'll be fun going into the offseason. What's going to happen with this team? Uh, Speaking of coaches, well, obviously now the Colts have Jeff Saturday. Still too early to determine what's going to happen of that team under Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach for the remainder of the year. But, of course, we as Colts fans know your head coach uh, well enough. I mean, Nick Sirianni, I mean, to me, RB, it feels like he is really fitting into the Philly mold now. Like, he was a very standoffish kind of guy when he got there. You know, we, you and I even talked about it when he got hired 
and people were ripping the hell out of him for his press conference and the fact that he was so nervous and wasn't knowing how to answer questions. He just didn't look like the guy that a lot of people could gravitate to. But now, I mean, you see he's one of the most animated guys on the sidelines that I've seen in the NFL all year. I mean, he lets the refs and the players know every single time when something doesn't go his way, right? I mean, he's fitting into the Philly crowd. What is your take on Sirianni, how he's become part of this Philly mold, and how he's coaching this team right now? Yeah, you're you're 1,000% correct. He has definitely pushed every right button in terms of, you know, kind of enticing the crowd and just kind of fitting in and filling in as what it takes to be a coach in Philadelphia. Um, Sometimes you don't always have to do everything the right way, the X's and O's and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be passionate. You have to be accountable. And that's exactly what he is. Um, And it's crazy because last year, I remember there was a point when I covered this team every week, you know, I wanted him fired. I, I was done with him after we started two and five. But one thing really changed my mind about Nick Sirianni, and that was he actually listened. You know, he wasn't too stubborn for his own ways. When we were two and five last year, everybody's screaming, run the ball, run the ball. And what does he do? He does a complete 180 of the Eagles offense. He actually delegates his play calling, kind of, you know, revealing, okay, I can't do everything by myself. Like, it's okay um, to, you know, be vulnerable in some areas and, and kind of delegate that that ability. And ever since then, I mean, the Eagles made the playoffs. He was the only rookie head coach to make the playoffs last year. You start out 8-0. and I feel like everybody loves him, and, and I feel like he's locked up himself for a long time, um, and he's just kind of breeding that Philly culture now. I, I feel like he didn't really understand it, but now that he's emerged in it, you can just tell he gets it, whether it's wearing an AI shirt or you know screaming at the refs or throwing a clipboard. Like <laughs> He's just awesome. I, I actually love him, and, and he's actually one of my favorite Philly coaches now. Love him, man. Love to see him getting involved in the – uh, Philly culture like that. Really awesome. Yeah, I know you and I were talking about him being like, man, uh, it really sucks that people are being uh, so unfortunately mean to him right off the bat, not giving him a chance to figure it out. But it's good that he's figuring it out. But I mean, we talk about this team real quick. We talk about the offense because I mean, there's a lot of different things about this offense this year. For me personally, uh, just from an outsider looking at the Eagles perspective, because I don't watch a ton of the Eagles games, even though I've, I've obviously looked at the stats. I look at the numbers every week. Um, it seems like this is a team that offensively, talent-wise, it feels like they could overwhelm you just with a lot of defenses because, you know, you got uh, A.J. Brown, you got – Jalen Hurts doing his thing. You got Miles Sanders that can have a good game if they end up run blocking appropriately. You know, it just seems like, and then Devontae Smith has played really well this year. Dallas Goddard's doing well. I mean, it seems like this is a team that statistic-wise, offensively, it's not killing teams every week, but it feels a lot more consistent and it's getting the job done a lot more frequently than what they did last year. Yeah, I, I would say this team hasn't been really consistent for four quarters, but what they do is they can absolutely overpower you in moments. Uh, I think you're right when talking about all the weapons. This team has what it takes to be a Super Bowl offense. I'll say that right off the rip. I mean, they are talented. Really, the only question was, can Jalen Hurts be the guy? Can he take us? And I think he's shown this year that he absolutely can. Um, has he been perfect? No, but he's been pretty dang good to this point in the season. I know 
This past game was a little bad, but based off the weapons, you know, you go out and you trade a first round pick, you get AJ Brown in here, which I will never understand why your rival, the Titans, uh, let him go. I mean, dude, you can ask me a million times. I have no idea why they did it. It was unreal. They didn't want to pay him, and that's why. But I mean, you know, It's, it's unbelievable how money can get in the way sometimes. I mean, this guy, this is a pure number one receiver. We have not had that in a long, long time, maybe since the T.O. days. Um, and I love watching him go to work every week. You talk about Devontae Smith, right? You have a counterpart for him now. Dallas Goddard, even though he's going to be on the IR now, I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic this year. And, you know, you can see that relationship developing. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm out here on an island by myself every week saying this, but Miles Sanders can play ball, man, and, and he can run. I mean, we were a historic offense after week seven last year. Sometimes I feel they don't utilize him enough. But you put all that together, and let's not forget who the Eagles have up front, right? Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, some of the pieces that constructed your first Super Bowl team. Mm -hmm. This is a complete offense, and I think they can go to war with anybody. And based off of how Nick Sirianni has delegated and how they you know, can call plays and how Jalen Hurts can operate off his feet as well, I mean, it's just hard for a defense to put up a complete performance against this Eagles squad. Yeah, and this question might be a little bit one-sided because I think everyone can kind of make an argument for the one side of this, but do you think that this offense has gained more because of Jalen Hurts' comfortability in the offense, or do you feel that the offense is now doing what it's doing because of some of the pieces that have been added, like an A.J. Brown, who, like you said, is now that number one that Philly hasn't had in a long time, and that, you know, Sirianni now can get Jalen Hurts to do some things that normally he wouldn't have been able to do before. Which side do you think yeah. plays more into it? I actually think it falls right in the middle. Uh, in terms of Jalen Hurts, he was the biggest question mark. You know, could he be that guy? And there's a night and day difference from last year in terms of his progressions, how he's reading the field. Sometimes he misses some looks, but man, he's been so much better He's decisive. You know, I mean, a big problem, as you know, as well with Carson Wentz was holding on to the ball too long. That was something Jalen Hurts did last year. He's improved much uh, in that area. And he's just you can just see the maturity level. And, and sometimes people in Philadelphia forget how young these guys are. You know, he's in his early 20s and it's going to take some time. And I mean, you've seen the growth from last year to this year. So uh, in addition to that, I mean, the pieces that you add, I feel like to make a quarterback successful for any team in any situation, you have to give them weapons. You know, yeah. you, this is why when, when number one picks for example, I'm not just picking on this guy, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, yeah. you send him to the Jaguars or a guy goes to the second worst team in the league. Usually they don't pan out well for a couple of years because you have to get them weapons, right? Like sometimes obviously you can see their abilities, but without a team around them, I mean, football is a team game. You know, the guy can't win it himself. Um, so I just think it's a combination of both. And you know how I feel <laughs> about Howie Roseman. Man, he has salvaged his job this past offseason. Yeah. Weapons he was able to get. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And he has put together a complete offense for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, it's I loved your I loved your reaction from like the last few years. You, Giovanni, a bunch of other people were all saying the same thing. Howie. Do your job better, right? Like, yeah. I still remember your reaction to drafting Jalen Hurts. And you were like, you did not, Howie. How? Yeah. Like, why? It, you were you were dumbfounded, as yeah. all of Eagles fans have been with him. 
Yeah, I, I want to clarify one thing. Um, in terms of that draft reaction, and people still ask me about it to this day, I still stand on how I reacted at yeah. that point in time. Like that was my pure reaction, and I don't think it was the correct pick at that time. Now, obviously, now looking back, I'm happy we made the pick. Yeah. Um, but something happened with Howie Roseman after that last went season when we went four and twelve. And I'll tell you what it was because I've been listening to him on the radio. Howie Roseman is out to prove people wrong. Okay. And mm-hmm. maybe Cole Station doesn't care about this, but just in general, because I think it could apply to your ownership situation and all that. Mm. You know, sometimes when guys win, like, you know, how he won the 17 Super Bowl, then people see what happened after the fact, right? Just like how the Colts had a really productive couple years. Now they're kind of slipping. At some point, it hits these people and they say, I want to prove these people wrong. You know, everybody's calling Howie Roseman a fluke. They're saying this guy doesn't know how to do his job. So he comes out and he says, okay. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be open to the fan base. Same thing happened with Sirianni last year. Sometimes these guys overthink things a little bit, and they they hit a realization point, and they go, okay, let me just do my job. Let me actually take advice from other people, listen. And Howie Roseman has won the fan base back over just by doing that. And look at the pieces he's been able to add. He's not overthinking it anymore. He's just yeah. doing his job. And, you know, you kind of see where it's taken us. And, you know, I could ramble for hours, but – I mean, it's crazy. Like I said, sports are crazy year to year. You never know what to expect. 100%. I mean, we, we were saying, I think I said at the, uh, the end of the 2021 offseason that we totally fleeced you guys in the Wentz trade and a couple other things. Yeah. Well, now it's safe to say how we fleeced us. Uh, fantastic work. <laughs> and I think the I think the difference is, is, while not overthinking it, I also think he's been a lot more aggressive. You know, yeah. with the the draft picks, right? Going and you know trading for these draft picks with these teams that are now not doing. But you guys have the seventh overall pick in this year's draft, and you and you're and it's from the Saints pick, right? Like yeah. doing all that, like that. You're getting draft picks from other teams that are bad right now because of being aggressive. You know, you brought in AJ Brown, you brought in Darius Slay, you're bringing in all these cornerstone pieces, and I think that is what's building this team. I mean, that's one thing I think Colts fans can agree with is right now, Ballard needs to do more of that. Ballard needs to stop being conservative with his mold and start being more aggressive in the draft room, being more aggressive in free agency. That's how you build teams. That's how you build them to win. But yeah. going back to this game specifically, so this Colts defense that you guys are about to face, while it is missing Shaquille Leonard for the rest of the year, uh, you do have a really good Colts defense that you're facing, uh, a fringe top 10 defense. They're 15th in scoring, they're 10th in run, and they're the eighth best team at stopping the pass. They're one of uh, the Eagles and the Colts are two, the, two of the only eight teams in the league that are allowing less than 200 passing yards a game right now. So yeah. both of these teams have what it takes to you know, be able to uh, – stop the pass. So how, what do you feel in regards to how Jalen hurts can attack this Colts defense, which has been getting better pressure on the quarterback. You have guys like Stefan Gilmore and Isaiah Rogers who are playing out of their minds right now. And Bobby Okereke, who by the way, is actually, if you look off PFFs uh, ratings is the second best linebacker in the entire NFL right now. Uh, what do you what do you think Jalen Hurts and this offense needs to do to take advantage? 
Yeah, I, I think what needs to happen is the Eagles need to come out and establish the run. Now, this past week was definitely a wake-up call, and Eagles fans probably won't tell you, but I will. Um, this is probably, I'm not going to say we're worried, but this is probably going to be the most interesting game of the year because we haven't seen the Eagles hit adversity. You know, how how can they bounce back from a loss? And I think any Eagles fan will tell you, we should have won that game, right? We weighed too many mistakes we're leading the turn, turnover differential by like five. It's been ridiculous this year. And we turned the ball over four times. You can't do that. But what happened in that game, and I preach this every week, like I said, Miles Sanders needs to be established. Boston Scott, uh, Kenny Gainwell, and the Eagles are going up against a really good run defense, which worries me. It worries me because what is going to happen, or I believe is, is that they're going to try to let Jalen Hurts win the game in the air. And while he can do that, you know, it's going to take time for him to to really be trusted in that area. I'm not saying he can't do it, but you have to have a balanced offense. And going up against the Colts, now that you guys have a win under your belt with a new head coach, all right? An 8 and 1 team doesn't really want to go up against that because, you know, Jeff Saturday, I mean, what does he have to lose right now, right? Yeah, He's the like, Colts don't have anything to lose. The Eagles have everything yeah. to lose right now. Exactly. And and when you're looking at the playoff standings and and how the the bracket is now where you got to be the top team, right, to to get the buy in the, in the home field, like the Vikings are right behind us. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, this Colts team is, I mean, they can be scary on, on any given Sunday. I truly believe in that meaning any given Sunday. Um, and the Colts really don't have a lot to lose right now while the Eagles, everybody's looking to see how do they bounce back? Um, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles need to get a couple big plays going early right now. We're historically the, the best second quarter team of all time. Uh, that's what the Eagles have done this year. Every second quarter, they they just go out of their mind. And like I said, it hasn't been consistent where you get to the third and fourth quarter, you kind of slow down a little bit. But this past uh, Monday was the first time the Eagles were playing from behind, and it's just a different mindset that you have. Um, so it's going to be tough. I hope they don't come out trying to throw the ball uh, the first 10 plays of the game again because I, I think to win in this league, you have to let the run set up the pass. Um, and I, I just think the Colts have playmakers. Like you just named some of them off They They're filled with playmakers. I, I, I feel like the Colts have more talent than their record shows. If that makes sense. Oh, and a hundred percent, especially on the defensive side of things. I mean, people always say, Oh, you know, the Colts, they're such a trash team. No, it's really their offense. That's been the biggest yeah. problem all year, which we'll get into in a second, but this defense has been phenomenal. I mean, and yeah. the one thing that's been the key to stopping the run for us his name is Grover Stewart, and he's actually had the most tackles for negative yards against the run of any defensive lineman in all of the NFL. So he has established himself that if you put him man to man and you try to run a zone block, he's going to blow up whatever guard he goes across. So you better hope that whatever Sirianni does, and I know Sirianni knows who Grover Stewart is, so I would not be surprised if they double-team him all game long when they're trying to run the football because Grover Stewart can can kill a drive with doing that. So that'll be interesting. Uh, It'll be fun to watch what you guys can do offensively because, like you said, it's a well-balanced team from how you guys do things. A.J. Brown, I hate the fact that that we traded him away and we still have to play him somehow. I freaking hate that. But uh, going to the Colts side of things offensively and your defense, uh, can you tell me who's not going to be available for your defense? I heard Jordan Davis 
is not going to play. Is that correct? Yeah, Jordan Davis uh, has been out for a couple weeks, and and people haven't really realized how big of an impact that is uh, as a rookie who you know struggled to get in the first couple games, but he's been missed. Uh, our run defense has been putrid, especially over the last three four weeks. Um, you know, he's been a huge miss. And while I just talked about the offense, I am I'm confident in the offense to come out and and execute a game plan. Right now, in terms of the defense, a guy you guys know well named Jonathan Gannon. Uh, we've had our ups and downs. I'm worried about him, honestly. I think he could be the Achilles heel of this team. Um, but other than other than we'll get into that in a second. But you know, other than Jordan Davis, I think everybody should be good. I know Hassan Reddick is uh has been questionable. A couple guys are banged up, a couple guys are getting older, right? Like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, they're not as effective. The Eagles have playmakers, but and an upgraded secondary, but with the way they are utilized, that's where the the concern comes in for me. And it's not just this week; it's every week. And you know, it could be a problem, especially if you're going up against a guy like Matt Ryan who can manage a game. Um, I feel the key is to be aggressive, and I feel that every week. But sometimes it's just not there. Yeah. So the Colts scored ten points in the first quarter last week against the Raiders. The most points they have scored in the first quarter of any game this season. Uh, ironically enough, that is, I think the most, that is how many points, or that's more points than what the Colts have scored the previous five weeks going into that game in the first quarter. Like this team in the first three quarters of action through the first nine weeks, not including this last week, but the first nine weeks, the worst offense that has ever been in Indianapolis ever. Ever. It, it was truly uh, astounding how bad this offense has been. Uh, and it's been a collection of a lot of things. Uh, one, we said that, you know, Frank Reich was making things too complex. He wasn't really getting uh, the schemes down right, wasn't play calling very well. That was a problem. But the biggest problem we had was this offensive line before this week had given up 35 sacks in the first nine weeks of the season. So they were giving up four sacks a game on average. And it was the top of the league. It made it look so atrocious. Uh, this O-line has never found a mixture that has worked uh, to protect Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan's just been getting killed. Uh, they got Sam Ellinger killed against New England when they gave up nine sacks in that game. I mean, it's truly remarkable what what how bad this team was, RB. And uh, when we played against the Raiders, right, didn't give up. We only gave up one sack, and it was mainly on Matt Ryan for that being the problem because uh, Matt Ryan, for some weird reason, thought he could roll out to the left, turning his back to the D-line like as if he's Lamar Jackson or something. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know, it, it looked the best it had all year long. Now we were playing against the Raiders. I don't know like how to feel about that. I mean, right. they do have Chandler Jones. They got Max Crosby, you know, so we, I felt pretty decent about it, but you know, you're, you're going into this and you know, you got uh, Javon Hargrove, you got Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, you know, all guys who have had four or more sacks on this yeah. defensive line this year. I mean, you got, you got some guys that can get after the passers. So how do you feel about your team being able to generate pressure on this Colts O-line that up until last week 
was the worst offensive line in football. So taken from this conversation, and this is how I feel every single week, and I'm sure any Eagles fan will tell you the same. I have no, you know, like I have no lack of confidence in the Eagle generating pressure. I know they can do it. They have playmakers. They can dial up whatever they need to. The problem is Jonathan Gannon. You know, he gets so conservative and he plays his guys 10 yards off his men and he only rushes four. And he'll do that for almost an entire game. And it just doesn't make sense. Based off what you just told me, I mean, if Jonathan Gannon is listening, you know, he needs to, he needs to generate some pressure early on in this game. Yeah. And he's done it at points this year. Like I've seen growth from last year, but there's no excuse for coming out on a Monday night game and letting Taylor Heineke sit all comfortable back in the pocket. It makes no sense. The Eagles try to rely on their front four because of how good they are. However, they need to dial up some some different looks. You know, they need to get pressure because, you know, Matt Ryan can manage a game, but once you start getting to him, I mean, I don't think he's the same quarterback. And, I mean, the Eagles just have too many playmakers. They have too many weapons. And like you just said, you know, he's not mobile. I mean, he's a guy who's just going to sit back there and, and try to dial some things up. So, um, you know, I have no lack of confidence in terms of the Eagles' talent getting to Matt Ryan. It's just what kind of game plan will they come out with? Will Jonathan Gannon wake up and and realize that he can make a, a quarterback very uncomfortable early in the game and set the tone? So that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's funny because all Colts fans that'll listen to this will be like, are you sure you're not talking about Gus Bradley of the Indianapolis Colts? It feels the same way for us a lot. We don't dial up a lot of blitzes, man. We mainly rely on that front four in that coverage scheme. So I totally get it. But you mentioned it, uh, how you don't feel confident in this Eagles running defense. I mean, Jonathan Taylor just came back last week and had his best game of the year. 22 carries for 150 yards, had a touchdown from 66 yards away, you know, really started showing the Jonathan Taylor that Colts fans remembered from last year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was due to the fact that the Colts O-line was actually moving some people last week and it allowed Jonathan Taylor to be the old Jonathan Taylor. Hearing that from what you, from what I'm telling you from this last week, does that make you even more worried about this Eagles defense, or do you think that yeah. we can they can still handle business? Now, it definitely makes me worried, and and I know people, if there's Eagles fans that watch this, they'll think I'm complaining, but it's just true. Like I feel like we've had these concerns all year. Yes, the Eagles defense has only been giving up 17 points a game up until this last game, but the thing is, you know, the secondary is much improved. All right, not only do you have Darius Slay, I've been screaming this for years now. Get him another suitable cornerback. James Bradbury has done a fantastic job. He's done I was a- I was praying to God we would go and get him to add with Stephon Gilmore. He's been so good. Oh so good. And then so you have good. Marcus Epps who's stepping up. And, and can we talk just for one second? C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We picked him up, what, the day before the season began? Yeah. He's had an interception now in five straight games. First eagle to ever do that, by the way. <laughs> and he's had six in the last five games. Talk about an insane pickup. And we got him for like, a six-round pick or a fifth yeah, round pick. It, it's insane, man. I'm <laughs> the telling greatest you, greatest return ever for you yeah. guys. So, so we're giving up 17 points a game, but it's because our talent and our secondary has finally been upgraded. Now, our run defense has been a staple for the last what three, four years. It's one of the reasons we won the Super Bowl. Uh, these guys wouldn't give up anything. There were no holes at all. But the last three, four weeks, we're giving up, you know, 100 yards a game or more, I believe, and. Um, 
a lot of holes, a lot of holes. And, you know, it's just been shaky. It hasn't looked right. And when you talk about Jonathan Taylor getting hot at the right time, a guy that was, what, an MVP candidate last year, it definitely concerns me because one way to beat the Eagles is to keep our high-powered offense off the field. And Fletcher Cox was just talking about Monday night. He said, you know, it's the most tired I've ever felt. He was on the field for like 70 snaps. Yeah. You know, and it's a short week. So, I mean, I'm, if the Colts get get running early and and they're going downhill and they're keeping Jalen Hurts and the offense off the field, because I, I don't know if you watched the game, it was maybe the biggest disparity I've ever seen with time of possession. I think. Yeah, I first, heard you guys, your defense was on the field for like 80 plays on Monday. Yeah, we had six minutes of possession in the first half, which was just Jeez, absolutely man. insane. And yeah, That's insane. It, it was nuts. So we're, I mean, and it's a short week, like I said. So we're, we're going to be tired. And if Jonathan Taylor gets going, it could be a, a bad result for the Eagles, to be honest. And yeah, he's been out for three games this year because of injury. So, I mean, needless to say, he's healthy now and he, he does not have a lot of tread on him right now. So he yeah. is going to be feeling it. And yeah, Coles fans, I mean, that's the key to the win for us is to be able to establish the ground to pound. Because like you said, uh, your rush defense is actually the 20th best in the yeah. NFL. You guys give up 124 yards per game rushing uh, versus the Colts, who are the 10th best with 110. Yeah. So, you know, the difference there is definitely big. But then when you look at, you know, your passing defense, like you said, it's the second best in the league. You guys are only allowing 177 yards per game in the passing department. I mean, and, yeah. and not enough can be said about this uh, about this team for you guys because out the only starter for you guys that has not had an interception this year has in the secondary has been Marcus Epps. Yeah. Every other one of your guys has been forcing turnovers. Maddox has one. Slay and Bradbury both have three. We both know how good they are. And like you said, Gardner Johnson just on an absolute tear recently. Very concerning for me uh, as a Colts fan because, like you said, I mean, as good as your secondary is, you know, you got a bunch of young wide receivers on this Colts team right now that are just trying to find ways to get to scrap things out. And you know, outside of this, even this last week, I mean, the Colts didn't do anything drastic to win that game through the passing way. I don't even think Matt Ryan threw a pass of over 20 yards in that game. I don't even think he threw one. Everything was within 20 yards, everything. So, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that's probably what it's going to be again this week because it concerns the hell out of me that, you yeah. know, if we try to throw it deep, even with the size and the speed of some of these wide receivers that we have, you know, Pittman's six, four, he can jump, he can high point anyone. Uh, Alec Pierce has proven he can do that. Paris Campbell has four, three speed. I mean, he's got the speed that very few corners can hang with, but you know, going deep, I just yeah. don't know. I'm very concerned. Uh, about that. I, I agree. And, and that, that could, you know, that could be a key for you guys because uh, again, like it's all, on the mindset that Jonathan Gannon comes out with, you know, when he lets Slay go at his man, when he lets Bradbury go at his man, these guys are almost untouchable. Like they've been nearly perfect. And, you know, again, this last week, a lot of zone coverage, a, a lot of soft coverage. It's, it's frustrating given the talent that we have. Um, even if our run gaps are, are not getting filled and we're not stopping the run, the guys we have on the outside can absolutely be locked down. If you let them play to their ability 
Um, so, you know, I, again, I, I think that should be the key for the Colts. Like you said, I think they should try to establish the run and, you know, try to just take what the defense gives you, I guess, depending on how Gannon comes out. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely interested about the Matt Ryan thing. And I wanted to get your take on it. I know this is your, you know, game preview, yeah, stuff, but you know, just an outsider looking in, right. You, you look at the Colts, they're four, five, and one. And I thought it was interesting. The fact that Saturday went with Matt Ryan, you know, because then the question to me at, you know, just an outsider is, does he think the season is salvageable? Like what was the reasoning for going back to the vet or, or maybe he's just trying to, you know, win his first game or, or whatever it is. Maybe he thinks Matt Ryan is more, is the more suitable quarterback, but is that going to be a long-term thing? And why do you think, and, and are you happy with the fact that they went back instead of maybe trying to let a younger guy develop? Like, I, I just want your take on that. Yeah, Jeff Saturday even came out and said after that that he felt Matt Ryan was the best chance for us to win. Uh, at the end of the day, Jeff Saturday is doing this because Jeff Saturday is trying to give Jim Ursay a reason to hire him at the end of the season. He wants to win. He loves this yeah. program because he was part of this program uh, just 10 short years ago. You know, this guy was winning Super Bowls in this building. So, you know, he he loves this thing and he wants to win. And that's what the Colts are all about right now. Even with as bad a situation as they're in, they want to win. And um, I do believe that Matt Ryan gave gives us the best chance to win week in and week out. He may have been reckless with the ball early in the season. He may have been getting sacked all the time. He wasn't ha part of those were on him. Part of them were on the O-line. You know, it was clear things were not working. But I did feel confident that going through that game, Matt Ryan looked the most comfortable that I've ever seen him behind that O-line. He was dissecting things. He was looking good. Um, I am happy with the fact that they went and brought him in. Originally, when Frank Reich made the decision that Ellinger was going to be the quarterback for the remainder of the season, I was hearing that as, okay, so we're just going to see if this kid's good enough to be on this team and be the starting quarterback of the future. If he's not then we're going to go and get our guy. Now, I think regardless, the Colts have to go and get their guy this season, whatever it takes. I don't care, but you need to go do that. But um, yeah, it, it definitely is the right decision that Saturday made to put Matt Ryan back in. And uh, that gave us the best chance to win. And I, I totally get that. I, I respect that as a competitor because I don't think every coach would do that. You know, and there's a, a lot of scrutiny, especially around the higher, you know, not not a lot of prior experience with coaching, not any experience and you know, the whole analyst, the coach thing. So there's been a lot of scrutiny, but I respect the fact that he didn't go out there and just say, you know, we're going to, I guess, if you want to call it tank and just see how it goes. But now he mm -hmm. said, no, I want to earn the job. So I respect that. And one other thing I was thinking about Saturday is, you know, I talked and I said, you know, they don't have much to lose. On the other hand, what I will say though, is it's going to be an interesting game for Colts fans as well, you know, because we all know, right, that first game with a new coach, it's completely different. It's a spark of energy. You know, you yeah. want to fight. You want to show, okay, that like the voice was lost from the last guy, right? So how are the Colts going to come out now? You know, are they going to come out fired again, like fired up again? Is, is Saturday, you know, going to be competent, especially going up against a much better team? Like you said, you're going up against the Raiders who have been an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then at the at the same time, how are the Eagles going to react to adversity in terms of losing? You know, and I mm -hmm. personally believe some of the Eagles players, AJ Brown, Slay, 
they had their worst games of the season. So they're going to be fired up to come out, you know, that all week they're talking and saying, finally, this 17 and 0 stuff is done. Like we can focus and, and get that off our backs and just go out and grind. So at the same time, I think it's going to be an interesting test for both teams, uh, you know, in completely different situations, but it, it should be intriguing for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I said it, I said it on Twitter earlier today. I mean, we're going to find out what this Eagles team is made of after this week, right? Like sometimes you're on a huge win streak and then that loss can either break your team apart or it can rejuvenate your team. Right. And I, and I agree with you. I think there's a lot of Eagles players that were probably on there thinking I'm kind of happy we lost, Mm -hmm. you know, so everyone can just stop talking to us about this undefeated crap. You know, we're tired of hearing it. We just want to go play football. And maybe that monkey is off their backs now. Like, okay, fine, let's move. Let's go forward. Let's just go back to our game plan. And I think that you're right. The voice in the Colts locker room was lost uh, throughout the whole season. Uh, Jeff Saturday, who, you know, is a a Colts great, right? And a former offensive line great. Uh, What better guy to bring in to fix an offensive line that is – been uncharacteristically not itself in the highest fashion, right? What who's not going to listen to that guy uh, about what it takes to be great, right? Like he knows what it takes. And mm-hmm. even today, I mean, they're playing in Lucas Oil, so they're playing inside, but he has them practicing outside all week this week. It's cold in Indianapolis. It was snowing today, but they were practicing outside. And I think that's great because uh, you know. If it was anybody else, if it was probably Frank Reich, he'd probably have him practice inside because it's what it is. But Jeff Saturday said, no, no, this is a different standard here. We're going to weave out who wants to play and who doesn't because, you know, we know who's going to play if you're going to come out here in the cold, in the snow, and you play and you practice the way that you want to play. I think that's what's great is he's changing the locker room. And even Jonathan Taylor said it after the first week. He said he gave us passion again. Like we felt like this team just didn't have emotion uh, a few weeks ago, but now it feels like there's a resurgence in the building. Like we know we can beat anyone. Like that's the feeling of the Colts right now. So, you know, that's a, that's a dangerous team to face when you, even if the Colts are bad, you know, a team that believes they can win against anyone, that's definitely something to be scared about. Yeah. Nah, any given Sunday. and, And I will admit, I was definitely surprised as everyone else was when the hire went down. I mean, I didn't even know he was in the, you know, coaching higher or, you know, circle or whatever in, in terms of being up next. I know. Well, did you hear the story of how that went down? I, I did not. Um, um, Ursay called him in the middle of the Patriots game. Uh, and Ursay's been friends with Saturday for a long time. I mean, a- after he left the building, uh, Ursay always kept in contact with him cause he was a staple of, of sure. Colts community. Um, but yeah, he contacted him during the game saying like, can you believe what's going on here? Like what's going on with our team? What's this? What's this? And Jeff's like, dude, I- I'm not even watching this game, Jim. I'm I'm watching other games because of ESPN right now. I got to do this stuff. I haven't even gotten to the Colts yet. And so he calls him and then later that, uh, later that night offered Jeff Saturday the job afterwards. Literally after the game, couldn't even wait till the end. Literally called him the that night prior that, hey, do you want the job? And Jeff eventually said yes, and they fired Frank Reich the next morning. So, you know, it it was not a thing of there was a process. There wasn't. It was literally just 
Jim called Jeff Saturday once, and he had contacted him a couple weeks prior to that. He's been calling him, like asking him what's going on with the team. But, you know, it just came, and Jim just said, all right, well, I'm pulling the trigger here. We're bringing Jeff Saturday in. I, I don't care if he doesn't have coaching experience. He just, I, I need somebody in the building I can trust. And right now, I don't know who to trust. I mean, that's it's definitely interesting. It's definitely unconventional. Um, but sometimes you have to take those risks. Sometimes you have to go outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, yeah, I was definitely surprised. But what I will say is hearing a little tidbit of the press conference he had, I think he handled it the right way, 110%. Like hearing him say, you know, I you know, I'm, I don't know everything. I, I might not be the most competent, but what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to trust in everybody else. And what I'm going to do is, uh, bring confidence, kind of like you said, just like a little culture shock. I think that's the most important thing. Cause like I said earlier, you know, the Colts have talent. It's why everybody had expectations or at least somewhat expectations for them. Yeah. Sometimes you just need the new voice. And it just reminds me a lot of the whole Doug Peterson thing. I mean, again, a guy that won a Super Bowl and it was just lost. It wasn't there anymore. Like, yeah, you know, Doug Peterson's a good coach. He's a good guy. It just wasn't it for that situation. And I think the same thing about Frank Reich. I, I don't know how you feel about him. I think he's a pretty good coach. Sometimes yeah. you, get, you overcomplicate things. Um, you just need a new voice. So Yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. I think that's the thing is sometimes I think people forget to realize that, yeah, you can you can have success, but sometimes the energy in the building just isn't there anymore and you just can't get it back. Exactly. Right? Like, I mean, that's why you see the what happened with the Eagles, what's happening with the Colts now, right? Like guys have success, but and people have respect for the guys in the building. But the problem is just because you have respect for somebody does not mean you want to play for them. And you don't want to do everything for them anymore. And yep. that's the problem. And that's where we've run into now. But hey, listen, man, before I let you go, I got to get a score prediction out of you mm. for this game. So give me your prediction for this game. Wow. I haven't thought about that. Um, I definitely have the Eagles uh, putting up. I'd say around 30 points. Uh, I do think they will bounce back. Now, I don't think it's going to be an easy, just blowout type of game. I do think the Colts will fight. Uh, ultimately, though, I just think the Eagles are riled up in terms of trying to bounce back from a loss, and I think that they will rebound. I think this is a legit team. You know, I don't think this is a shock that they were 8-0. Uh, I do have them bouncing back. So I'm going to say 30-22. to I um, think the Colts will put up a fight, but it ultimately. I just believe the Eagles are the better team, and I think Sirianni will have the boys ready to go. I, there were some blatant, just obvious mistakes that just don't happen in, a, in an Eagles game, especially this year. I think they'll get it corrected. But, you know, like you said, those boys want to fight for Indianapolis, so I don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch. This is the first time, I think, since week three or week four, that I feel hesitant to say that the opposing team's going to win. Because uh, literally over the last five weeks, I have picked our opponent to win every time. I just not felt confident about this team at all. It's the first time in a while that I feel this type of way. Uh, I'm still going to pick the Eagles to win this. I think they're going to win 28 to 20. Uh, like you said, I think it, it could be a good fight. Uh, I think the Eagles still are just a better team. Yeah. But, I will say this. If the Colts do win, I'm picking them to win every game the rest of the season. I don't care who the <laughs> opponent is. Because if they find a way to beat the Eagles, the best team in the NFL right now, then they can beat anybody. So uh, it'll be very interesting. But 
RB, my guy, thank you so much for coming on here, man. It is a pleasure to have you on. You and your channel, you've grown that thing. You've grown the hell out of it so much. And I'm I'm glad to call you a friend, my guy. And I appreciate you coming on doing this with me. Absolutely, man. Anytime. And, and you know, I'm definitely going to have my eyes on the Colts for at least a little bit the rest of the year. See how they do and, and how this whole thing boils over now that the, the hype train is done with. You know, how will they play consistently? Uh, but as always, I'll be watching your stuff and you do a fantastic job, you and Cody. So uh, shout out to Colts Nation. May the best team win. Let me just say the Eagles better win or else some people are not me, but some people are going to start. <laughs> We're going to have We're going to have a bunch of your people coming into our comments this week saying talking oh, their stuff and I really hope that I really hope we win because if not we're going to get a bunch of hate comments from your the Eagles, guys. The Eagles if the Eagles lose to Jeff Saturday in his second game without any prior experience <laughs> I'm they're going to they're going to call for Nick Sirianni to be fired on the spot, bro. They're already <laughs> calling for Gannon to be gone, all right? They're, they're calling after this last week. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. If he gives up more than 26 27 points somehow to the Colts, I mean, uh man Heads are going to be turning. I'll tell you that right now. But that's oh, I can imagine, dude. Well, guys, let us know your thoughts on this game and everything else headed forward. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.